Hello everybody, this is Bruce from Printavo, Simple Shop Management Software here again to do our latest podcast series of business learnings and lessons with Justin Moore from Barrelmaker. How's it going? Good, good. I really appreciate taking the time. I know you guys are super busy. Justin just moved his whole shop from Chicago um, to a 12,000 square foot facility with three autos and three manuals there. How was that process? It was, uh, it was a long process for sure. So I'm happy that it's over with, but we're still uh, kind of in the recovering process of just getting caught up and everything. But yeah, I feel real good about it. Gotcha. So where were you guys at before? I, I don't know exactly. I've tried to figure that out. My guess is like about half of that, except for, um, you know, that included our offices too, which was probably about 1,500 square feet. So I think we had under a little under 5,000 square feet. We had all the same equipment. We were very stuffed in there. So, I mean, it's, you know, this this move, the, the goal wasn't necessarily to get some facility that was like, you know, felt really big and like over our heads, but to just kind of take everything that we had and make it much more functional. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it feels really manageable, the space that we have now. And it, it you know, it's it basically just it is a continuous flow from what we were working with um, to, you know, now use it a little bit more properly. So we, uh, you know, we we're in, in a, in an old warehouse in Chicago. So there was a lot of things that we were up against, like, you know, pipes that were constantly cracking and, you know, things like bugs and rodents and just a lot of stuff. So, you know, it's, it was a it was a big move to kind of leave the city, but mm. ultimately that came down to um, just finding something that was, you know, the, the spaces out here were built in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s versus stuff that was built like 100 years ago. So uh, it's much newer, the, the light, everything's a lot more efficient. So Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Like a t-shirt right now inside instead of being freezing in a warehouse. So, yeah. yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, and so just so people get a sense, where is your company at now, staff and revenue-wise? Yeah, so we, we just uh, this past year did a little over $3 million. Um, we have currently about 18 people who, uh, who work with us. And how, so, long have, how long have you been working on the business? We started in 2009. Um Except for when we first started in 2009, we were kind of just making like kids' clothing. So we weren't really like a custom print shop. So I feel like we started getting into sort of like the custom printing uh, in like 2010. Got it. So, yeah. Okay, got it. So 2010 to uh, so about six, seven years. Yeah. Uh, ramped up to about 18 people, which is awesome growth. What? Uh, talk to me about just how you guys started and why you yeah, kind of got sure. into the kids clothes and yeah, yeah. transition to printing for it, others. It was pretty random. Honestly, it was, uh, we, we were on Facebook and we just had a baby and, um, there was this, this girl we know, and I don't want to, I'm not going to say her name or anything, but there was this girl and she, she was, uh, designing baby clothes and we, we thought that they were really bad. And so my wife and I were kind of making fun of them. And, um, I don't really know what what transpired, but we were like, well, let's try and make something better. You know, it was, it was kind of a spite thing, and so we, uh, you know, we just started messing around and and kind of like had like uh, I had a, a version of Illustrator from like my last job, and so but I didn't really use it, so we were kind of like messing around on Illustrator. And we made a, a a kid shirt, and we we went online, you know, to like we ordered it 
we ordered like six of them or something like that. I think I think they were digitally printed. And um, and then we tried to we, we went to like a boutique near our house um, in Logan Square and we found a place that was willing to sell them. So we were like, oh, cool. So we started ordering, you know, just like six or 12 of these little shirts and getting getting them sold. And um, real early in the process, it was like, well, let's try and make them ourselves, you know. And so you, you go online and we kind of found um, Ryan at we bought like a silver press, like a real, you know, um, pretty crappy press honestly um but as soon as we got that then i started going around to like friends that i knew um i placed ads on craigslist you know just different things to try and reach out and find like businesses who would uh who want a custom printing and um yeah we just sort of we got a couple little orders here and there we had no clue what we were doing we were printing out of our house we were using our bathroom we were using like a halogen light to burn screens and just kind of like hustling it's all and it's it's kind of been steady organic growth since i mean we had a couple real big jobs early on that that kind of like helped us you know we, we had a job of maybe two years in for like sixty thousand pieces and that you know that job gave us the ability to buy like an automatic press um so talk about that part that part that's interesting how, yeah how did, how did that come across that that because that's not a no it's pretty by any means it was pretty random. It was like, you know, every once in a while you get hit up with like, you know, an opportunity with, for, for, you know, a lot of screen printed work and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And so, uh, this company, uh, emailed me and they, they needed an order and they needed it kind of, um, kind of quickly. And so they, um, they reached out to me, but they, they reached out to a lot of local shops because, um, we still, even, even when we like, printed manually we still did some printing for like other shops that specialized on maybe like business cards or postcards but who sourced out you know t-shirt orders Mm -hmm. and so um i i got a few emails and obviously they um you know this this company reached out to a few different people and so one day i decided um instead of coming into work i was like i'm gonna stay home i'm gonna just figure out how to get this order so i kind of like did some research and i made a lot of phone calls and and ultimately what i realized is that the um the order that they wanted, they, they couldn't get done. Like they wanted something screen printed, but there was no, um, like the garment that they needed printed on. Mm-hmm. Nobody had stock levels of. So I, I knew that they were going to run into that with people quoting it. And, you know, people were just going to tell them that they couldn't get that, that garment. So I made kind of like a, a, uh, a big focus on, you know, finding them another product that I felt would work. And, it, and I, I kind of wrote up a whole pitch on why I thought that would be a better product for them and how it would save them money and it would be more fun and, you know, all this stuff. And I pitched it to them and they, they went for it. And, uh, and, and I got paid up front, which was cool too. So I was like, wow. kind of freaking out because I didn't know how I was going to do it. And, um, sure. I sent them an invoice and they, like two days later, they're like, "All right, we have a check for you," and, and uh, yeah, and then I bought an auto with it. So yeah, wow, that's a fast turnaround. How, yeah, what did the when did how soon did they want those shirts by? It was um, we had a lot of lead time. We had like oh, okay, uh, I mean, it was still a rush for 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 the way that they were doing it, but it was like it was a few months, you know. So it definitely, it wasn't like an order that needed to be done in like a week. Um, as we've grown, those are the orders that we probably make the most money on now are things where someone maybe has a trade show and they run out of shirts or they realize that they need a thousand shirts tomorrow. And, um, 
yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff where I think once you move up to like an automatic, those those sort of like rush jobs are where you could really um, make some money. And, and that was great with the Cubs too. Like like we did a lot of the hot market printing, but we also kind of lucked out and got a few like real big just like last minute rush jobs because everyone was just trying to make Cub shirts. Sure, for the sell. World Series. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah. That's crazy. How many shirts were you printing then? I don't know exactly. We probably did about fifty thousand um, official shirts, and then maybe like like twelve or so thousand, like you know, kind of like unofficial shirts or for like other companies that were, you know, Cubs related. So it was a good chunk. Um, I definitely, we definitely had a lot of like royal blue shirts <laughs> in the shop. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty interesting. So I, I'm curious, as everyone kind of looks for that one bigger job um to help propel the business like that were you think that being maybe on yelp or having a nice website or like how did they find you do you you think or was it just networking most people that i talk to find us uh through our website ultimately you know so i i like i personally don't like our there's you know and and maybe you're like this too like i I constantly always want to redo my website like it's never I look at it all the time. I, I, I hate it. Like I always hate it. But I think that like when you're constantly working on something too, there's an element of it that must be like decent. And, um, yeah, I mean, we get a lot of stuff that, that is local. Um, and then, you know, referrals or people who, um, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll work with a local company and the person who orders from you, they, they move to another company and then hopefully you stick with them and you can get the new company and kind of keep the old company. So I think, you know, I still think word of mouth is, is the best way. And I could look through and, and the bulk of our customers really are like, you know, someone someone who, you know, kind of ordered, who also knows someone else who ordered or whatever. So, I mean, we definitely try and, and when, when somebody orders from us, like kind of see who they're friends with and, you know, get referrals. Um, How do you do that? Like you just cruise on their LinkedIn or... Yeah, yeah, we do some of that or like just having a conversation like, you know, like if if you order shirts and, you know, maybe like, you know, hey, what other sort of like uh, developer, do do you have any developer friends who order, you know, stuff like that and kind of like, you know, typically people don't mind giving up like, you know, like a friend of theirs or something and and, and sometimes that really pays off or, um, you know, you you also kind of learn not to scoff at, at smaller jobs too, because you know, I, I, we had a job a long time ago that was a pretty small order, maybe like twenty or twenty five shirts, mm-hmm. and um, and then the guy who ordered his wife ended up being like a a designer or doing. I think she did branding, and um, but she was connected with like Redbox, mm-hmm. and um. So, like, this guy ordered a small batch of shirts, but then his wife, like, something happened, they needed a new vendor, and we got, like, a 4,000 shirt order from his wife, like, maybe a month later or something, you know, so it's, sure. you, never, you never really know, like, who who knows who or, you know, whatever, but but I'll say, like, we, we don't seek out the, like, big jobs like that, and I, I know a lot of people ask me, like, how do you get those bigger jobs, and typically those come more randomly. What we do seek out are kind of like your smaller like like a 50 shirt job is really that that's the kind of stuff that i like i think the the smaller companies or companies that are kind of still like you know a little bit younger and starting to order their merch and you know they're 
still like excited to see their logo and everything like that's the kind of stuff that i really like going after gotcha and how do you really specifically go after is it still you know letting a person that gets a job done with you say hey if you have any friends or is there other ways that you do that too yeah i mean that's the bulk of it i mean i do a little bit of like um just straight up cold calling or um yeah cold calling or cold emails and things like that but not not a lot of it i don't typically get a big response to that sort of stuff you know so um yeah i mean a lot of times the best way is to email somebody at least and say hey i was referred by you know your buddy over here so and even then you know you get blown off sure i think you get you just get used to it yeah just keep pushing forward so would you say would you say the majority of your jobs are more word of mouth or is there other marketing channels that you guys tap um it's it really is mostly word of mouth i mean we do we do some adwords we do some facebook ads like you know nothing nothing crazy though um we kind of don't have a big like advertising budget so yeah yeah from the facebook and advertising side are you guys targeting well i know facebook like are you guys targeting people in the area is it yeah i try and stay local um i used to not like i used to really try and like seek out like a lot of other cities but i think that um it's such a big industry and i mean there's so many printers everywhere and so kind of um by you know i've had that realization i think where like you could drive down like almost any street especially in like a city like Chicago or, you know, like a bigger area, you start to like drive down the street and it's real easy to spot, you know, there's, there's businesses everywhere. So it's like, you know, I could go on like a five minute drive and base and be like, well, if I could just get like one of these customers, you know, that'd be awesome. And so we've kind of shifted everything to being pretty, pretty local and focusing on, you know, there's plenty of businesses in the Chicagoland area to, to sort of just focus on that. Gotcha. So, you, yeah. so dialing some of those Facebook ads to be more local, and then yeah. uh, does Google Ads do those? Are you driving those locally, or are those based on search terms? Uh, yeah, that's more search terms. And honestly, I don't, I don't handle that that part of things. Mm-hmm. I, I do the Facebook ads, but I have someone else who handles our our Google stuff. So gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so going back to your story, so you guys nailed that that big order, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, bought a press to, to help get going, which is great for, of course, for the business too. Yeah. Uh, you know, was that like a year or two years in or uh, it kind of over yeah, from there to now? Uh, that was like 2012. Yeah. Okay. And so now, and, and now we still do like an order like that every year. So, um, we, we pretty much every year have, have some job that's, that's about between 60 and 80,000 pieces. Um, and that, I mean, that's a great order to help you grow for sure. Um, you know, cause you're able to use kind of like an order like that to take more risks. Cause there's, you know, w- when you have a, a real big job, you could kind of take some of that money and use it to maybe hire new people, you know, and hope that that sort of pays off. So we always try and counteract a little bit. Like if we hire somebody new in production, we typically try and hire someone new sort of like on the office side of things to keep it balanced um, and hope to keep pushing, you know, like being able to, to, to write up more orders to help, you yeah. know, offset the, the ability to print the orders. So That's interesting. Where do you yeah. find, uh, how, how do you generally hire? Where do you find good people? Um, that's been a, str- I mean, that's definitely a struggle. Um, we, 
it, usually we just use Craigslist. Um, we just place an ad, and um, some sometimes it's like you know some, maybe someone who works here has like a friend too. So like we've done some of that too. But um, yeah, especially now that we're not in the city, like we have a few people who who you know aren't didn't do the move with us, and we kind of also knew that when we move that you know we're going to lose a couple people um, over time. So it's, it's a little bit, that's something that like, I'm really trying to figure out right now. I, I just hired, um, a few new people and it was, it was just using Craigslist again. You know, I think typically we just kind of post something under like the art media design kind of area. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because if you hire, you know, there's a lot of people who do have experience and that's nice, but also a lot of times when you get someone with experience who's, who's looking for a job you don't really always know like why they're not employed, mm-hmm. you know, or they're leaving somewhere else. So we've, we've kind of seen both sides of the spectrum where we'll hire someone with experience and the experience is actually like not very helpful or, um, they're used to doing something a certain way that isn't how we do it. And, um, it's almost harder sometimes than just starting with somebody who, you know, we, we really try and hire just based on personalities, people that we like, that interview and you feel like you can just talk to them. And then if, if you have a good relationship with someone and they're willing to work hard, then they'll start to learn how to do a lot of other things, you know? And so, um, and then we've also used like, um, and, and this is something we've done more in the past year, but that's been really helpful is, um, using temp agencies. Um, so I always kind of like looked down on that process of, of hiring just like temporary work mm-hmm. in screen printing. There's so many small tasks and so, you know, um, for example, like, well, sometimes we'll get a big job that all has to be folded in back. Well, you know, you could go on Facebook or whatever and just get a bunch of like your friends or ask a bunch of people to come, but you'll get, you know, maybe five people commit to coming and helping out. And then, you know, two of them will be late and two of them, like maybe you just will blow it off last minute. And sure. it's, it's unreliable. So the cool thing about like a temp service is, you know, um, if you have certain jobs that really don't require a lot of training where it's really just like the manual labor aspect, you kind of could pull out like all the stress of having to find someone last minute. And you also don't have to feel bad really that, you know, maybe you only have two days of work and it's like, well, they know that right off the bat, you know? So, um, and actually that's, that's how we used to hire some people is we would be like, Hey, we could use a hand for, um, for a job for like a week. And then that week's over and, you know, they're still there. <laughs> and it's like, well, you kind of find other things. So we've had a lot of people who worked here in the past who just kind of stuck around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, uh, hiring people's hard. Everyone that I talk to at other shops too, I think that's, that's a really big struggle is finding good people and finding, um, sometimes you have people who you really like or who seem like they're doing really good work, but then it's, it's still not as good. You'll, you know, there's maybe someone who does it a lot better too. So. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. and you talked about keeping them happy, especially through a move like that. Obviously, if someone's living in Chicago and now it takes a bike or a bus to work, yeah, and now it's to start driving. How? Uh, what? What's your thinking have been around? You know, keeping your most valued people happy as well. Yeah. Um, so before we moved, for, first of all, we we really tried to stay in the city. Um, and we looked for about probably four or five months of like, you know, a lot of different places. 
um, what we were running into with, with trying to find something in the city was um, the places that seemed to work for us ended up being further and further away from kind of central areas anyways. So, like, you know, you'd find something that maybe works, but it's, like, really far west or really far south. So it, it still wasn't really, like, making people's lives easier. So when we decided to move, we looked for a few things, like, um, you know, we, we tried to find somewhere where there's, like, a metro train nearby. So we're only, like, maybe uh, about a five-minute walk or so to a metro. Mm-hmm. And actually today was a good example of most people haven't been uh, taking the train but today, um, there was really bad weather, you know, it snowed all night and, uh, we ended up having a, a few people who did come in on the train today and, you know, made their commute 40 minutes versus some of the people who drove the, the highway was like, it was like a two hour backup. Sure. So, yeah. so that's something that was important. We, and, um, and we also, um, kind of before we moved, we asked everybody to let us know, like who's able to drive and who is interested in a ride and kind of offered like a carpooling incentive. So people who drove other people would get like a little bit of a bonus for taking some other people with them. Um, and we looked for a couple like little things like there's a, there's a gym really close by. So we offered to split like a gym membership with anyone who wants to join that gym. And that way, like if, if someone wants to come in early to kind of offset traffic or, stay late they have something that they could do um and i think the the last thing was um we really tried to work with everybody to discuss hours to see if there's a way that we could sort of like set hours that would help bypass some of the traffic so um actually initially everyone wanted to do like a 6 a.m start time but then i think when when people thought about it a little bit more that became too early so, um, like right now we have a little bit of a staggered schedule. Like we have some people starting at six thirty, the bulk of production starts at seven and then the office, uh, starts at eight. Gotcha. So, and the, I, and to be honest, that's actually something that, that sounded good in theory, but now that we're doing it, it's, it's a little bit hard for us to be spread out like that. So now we're trying to kind of, I, I think, I think Aaron and I, like the way that we operate our business is we really try and be as as open-minded as possible so we like when when we make a change like that we try and include as many people as we can so that at least we're not making you know i mean obviously we we made the decision to move we couldn't really fix that but we tried to make it beyond beyond that you know what are some things that we could do that would make it so that not everybody's gonna leave you know and and uh yeah a couple people who who did leave are people that we really didn't think would end up leaving so yeah yeah gotcha so it was just tough for uh for that but but that's interesting when you talk about especially communication even though you're the boss being able to you know work with them and 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 try to make it as easy as possible with a yeah. shift like that so yeah um talk about a little bit about today like where you guys are at you said you guys clipsed uh three million dollars last year yeah. 18 um staff members like Taking this side of the growth, because it's an interesting, there's kind of different segments that you've passed through, right? There's the, the, the first couple people where it's, you know, you and your wife printing. Yeah. Um, then, you you know, you hire your first staff and you're at five or six, which seems like that's another block. Yeah. Um, getting up to this 18 and closing the 20, 25 seems like another set of challenges. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
So I mean, we've we've kind of we've been over the the that like twenty mark a couple times, and that's sort of where we've sort of scaled back a little bit, and and, and that's where some of like the temp workers and um, more and more like part time type help has has come into play. Um, one of the things we've tried to avoid, and and this is mostly from talking to people who work for us now, is um, trying to avoid basically that that sort of trap that a lot of print shops get in where they, in the summertime, have maybe like 30 people working for them or 50 people working for them. Mm-hmm. But then, then in the winter, you know, two-thirds of them get laid off and then they try and hire them back again in the summer or whatever. So that seems to be actually really common from um, – people who work for us that we've talked to and just kind of, um, we teach a lot of classes. So like talking to other shops as well. And that's, a, that's honestly a really big struggle for us. I mean, we definitely hit the seasonal thing too. Like in the winter time, um, it, it is really slow. And, and when you hit, you know, for, for us, like when we get to like, like last, um, July, for example, like we ran every day from 7am to 11pm Monday through Sunday. So we added a shift and we added the weekend. So um, it's what we're really trying to do is hone in on having the least amount of like full-time jobs that we can, but make sure that the people who have those jobs are like really kind of pushed to their, their limits. And I think that's really stressful and some people don't like that. But for, I think some people also get that by us doing that, we're able to keep it a year round job instead of like laying people off. So we'll definitely hit a point um, this summer where, you know, I know we'll, we'll be up, you know, probably in the 25 to 30 range in terms of people. But a lot of that we're going to try and fill in with like, you know, with um, sort of like temporary, like, you know, just, um, just like temp workers and, and, you know, friends and things where it's, where it's real, like smaller, uh, micro tasks too. So you could do, yeah, cause you could do a lot, you know, with, with, uh, with a lean crew, as long as you have a lot of people who know how to help like prep the jobs, clean the ink off the screens, you know, reclaim screens, tape off screens. There's, I mean, there's a ton of these little things that, that, um, don't take a lot of training. And then there's stuff like actually making sure the quality of the print looks good or, you know, knowing how to drop ship to like 40 different locations or processing orders that that's a little bit more time consuming. So, yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, challenge. And, and that's an interesting solution too with, with temp workers to help yeah. manage the expectations of your team, especially yeah. as you go through those ups and downs too, which yeah. I'm sure affects morale, you know, if, yeah. if it's the other way around. So, something that we haven't really started yet, but we, um, what I'm working on right now is actually kind of making a list of jobs that I don't want people to do. And this is something that's really new, but like I think is going to make a big difference is, um, you know, for me personally, I get frustrated sometimes when I'll see someone who has the ability to maybe like print shirts or, or do something that's um, much more skilled and I'll see them spending half their day, like just literally like taking tape off a screen or something, you know? And, so we're really trying to shift that um, that mode to where there's going to be certain tasks where it's like, hey, like this person can't do these tasks because they're just it's a it's you know they could be better used doing something else. And I think if we could hone in on some of those better too, we'll we'll um, get a lot more production out of. Yeah. You know. Wow. I haven't actually heard of that before, but you definitely yeah. 
especially you get into those routines where you've just been doing that. Yeah. Like I just because that's what we need to get done, so we'll just sure. do it. But of yeah. course, like if you're a higher skilled worker, it, it's plain and simple. We want you doing something that's that versus. Yeah, I kind of yeah, I kind of got that from um, like my sister in law was talking once about she they have like um, crane operators, and if you're operating the crane, you make like one amount, but if you're like assisting the crane, you make a different amount. And even though like there's people who could do, you know, they could do both roles. Like they get paid for the task that they're doing. And it, I mean, it kind of made me realize too, like when I look around the shop, like, yeah, sometimes you just see someone cleaning, cleaning screens and you don't really think anything of it, but you're like, wait, like if that person was actually printing shirts right now, that would make us more money. And if I could find, you know, someone who doesn't know how to print shirts to be cleaning screens right now, it's a better use of, you know, who you have around the shop and it also does build more opportunity too because now you're bringing someone in who's reclaiming but you know they they have something also to try and work towards too so i think as we've grown too like we've realized there is a little bit of a hierarchy and like different roles that people have to learn and you know trying to set some uh some guidelines to actually being able to like do cross training and give people more opportunities along the way. So yeah, that's neat. Giving people yeah. a list of things to not do. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big thing. Like I'm working on it right now, and when I I, I think it actually it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, well, no, one hundred percent. You talk about the classes, and I and I know that you, you guys have been doing the Ryanette screen printing classes and helping people get started. Yeah. Where did that come from and getting involved in that? Yeah, so we, we started teaching classes. Um, as soon as we rented our first sort of commercial space, we started teaching classes as just a way of getting any sort of extra money we could because we were scared that we weren't going to be able to afford our rent. You know, okay. so, we, um, so we used to like teach classes. and we, Honestly, we were teaching classes and didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, we did a, a little bit, but not not a lot and so um yeah and we used to do them on um there was a site do you, do you know that site like dabble yeah yes, yeah it's a chicago startup i believe yeah so we used to do a bunch of like dabble classes and just kind of small like screen printing classes and um and and ryan from from ryan at like he kind of knew we were doing some of that stuff um just from, you know, like talking to him here and there. Um, we've been pretty close with Ryanet since we started. Like I said, we started with one of their presses. Um, we had a lot of questions, you know, like what I used to do is I'd take an order and then I'd call someone at Ryanet and be like, Hey, I already got this order and I don't know how to do it, but if you can help me get the supplies to do it, like be awesome. And so that's true. You know, we know a lot of people there and have, have very good relationships with them. And so, um, when we were after we got our first auto, our first auto was an M and R, and um, and we were moving t from the third floor of our building to the first floor of our building, and it was kind of an expansion for us. And um, we had a, a really big job to do, and we really needed um, we needed a new press, honestly. Like our our we were having some press issues, and so I was talking to uh, Ryan and and Nick Wood about. Um, they just started carrying the, the rock presses. So I started talking to them about those. And at the same time, they were telling us kind of about um, the classes that they were doing, how they, you know, were, were having some people who, you know, when, when you're done with a class, you typically felt like a sort of like a, 
about just an evaluation, like what you felt about the class, like, you know, some of your thoughts. And I think one of the, the pieces of feedback that they were getting were people who took the class felt like one of the things lacking was some of the authenticity of actually being in a print shop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you take the class at Ryan, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's honestly like in a lot of ways, it's, it's a nicer class to visit because the, the, um, you know, they have AC, they have heat, they have like, you know, a really big parking lot. It's sure. uh, plenty of bathrooms. It's, it's nice. But and it wasn't were, like realistic to, yeah, to they felt the real shop. So, so we kind of were, you know, Hey, like it'd be, why don't we try doing a class here? And they were doing one in New York at the time too. And I think there was some good feedback from that. So we, uh, we just kind of gave it a whirl and then, um, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it's a really good fit for us. Um, cause we like doing it. We like, um, one of the things I think we like most about it and we've done it for a few years now. Um, I think it's been four, four years now. Um, I think one of the things that, that we really like about the Reinet class specifically versus some of these other classes is, um, Ryan does a really good job of finding people who are new into the industry. Mm-hmm. And I know that's, that's also something that a lot of people don't like about, you know, them. But one of the things that's really cool about that is every time we do a class, we got about 20 to 25 people who are also like really passionate about trying to start a business. They're really excited about, um, they're, you know, like there's just so many different scenarios. Like someone will be like in a barn in, in the Midwest somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And they're like blinging out like cheerleader costumes, yeah. you know, and it's, um, or you'll have people just take it on more than, than they could chew. And it's like exactly what we did. And it kind of keeps us in that cool mindset. Like, I think, I think I really could identify with, with the people who are printing out of their house and, they need to make a job work and they don't have the proper resources and they're just Jimmy rigging it to make it work. And it's something that that's how we learned. And a lot of times when I meet like bigger shops um, or people from bigger shops who didn't start that way, it's like, I just don't, I'm, I I have a lot more fun talking to like kind of the beginners. I think it's, it's really motivating for me and it's um, their creativity is awesome. So it's something uh, that we really like doing and yeah, I mean it's 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 not always easy. Like honestly, like we're, the shop atmosphere, like we've, um, you know, our last warehouse was was pretty pretty dingy. The bathrooms were like disgusting. The uh, there was no ability to regulate any of the temperatures. So when we had a class in July, everyone was sweating and dying, and it was it was pretty bad. And, and in the winters, it, it was really cold. So it's kind of like been funny because the same thing that I, I think people do appreciate the authenticity of it, but it's also like sometimes people have that same complaint too. Cause it's like now they're in, in just like a, an industrial warehouse taking a class. And um, I think they, they wouldn't mind a little bit of heat control or things, but, but now that we've moved, um, we just did our first class in the new space um, this past Friday and Saturday. And, and it's, definitely like the best version yet because now we have a much nicer facility and it's still authentic nice yeah but it does come with things sometimes with like you know the power washers going and people are reclaiming screens and we're you know we're trying to talk over them a little bit right with the echo yeah and we're always very clear that we're we're a functioning shop right now and it's it's part of the the gig so yeah 
Gotcha. Well, so now, what are you, what are you looking forward to in, in the next year here? Yeah, um, honestly, what, what I'm really just kind of looking forward to is like getting our processes better. Like now that we have the proper space to really do everything, I just want to dial in on kind of like like what I was just saying about the having jobs that people shouldn't do. I, more stuff like that. Like I want to make sure that we're working well as a crew, that people know what their jobs are, that and um, just really hone in on on doing better. You know, like. I really think we we care a lot about the quality of the product, and so I'm I'm focused less on on growth and more about just making sure that like what we turn out is good and that like we have our processes in line. And because I, I feel confident we'll continue growing organically, over, you know, as we go along, but I want to make sure that we're doing things the right way. Sure, so that's that's kind of like really the the next year is our our focus to just get it get some things down. You know, figure out which inks we we um, like and don't like, and you know why are we why are we using three different inks? Could we use one different? You know, one ink. So, you know, just kind of starting to to get more focused. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's interesting that you get. It's kind of like a step ladder in a way where you know you grow to this size. Okay, now we need to really get efficient before we can. Yeah. Get to the next step. Yeah, I don't know that my goal is to continue growing size-wise so much. Is you know, I, I I'm happy if we could maintain and do good work, kind of where we're at. Like I, I really like where we're at size-wise, which is part of the reason we didn't try and go with a, a much bigger space. You know, I, I think we like the you know having a the, the amount of presses we have. We could do big orders. We could still do small orders. We could still do like a lot of press checks if people want to come in, and we're not. We're not at the level of having so many presses that we just have to run like contract work all day. So it's sure. kind of a, it's kind of a nice a nice uh, area to be in, and and it, I mean, it took a while, and it's still super stressful. I don't want to act like it's not. It's but yeah, yeah, like, that's awesome. The yeah. uh, the last question I want to ask is <clears throat> if you have any, what would be one takeaway maybe to help uh, a shop that's you know you a couple of years ago. Or yeah, a lesson learned or some a good takeaway. Sure, um, I I think it's always everything that we do is like a series of risks. Like I really think that like a lot of times when I talk to people, they're scared to quit their job or they're you know, and it's like the reason I think we're able to succeed is like we both quit our jobs, we both worked until you know, and when I say we both, it's my wife and I, you know, but we we. Uh, early on, like we took risks. We, we moved out of our house into a space that, that, you know, it was $650 a month, which seems maybe small to some people, but that was a lot of money. Um, and we stayed up until two in the morning, like every night, just working really hard. And kind of what I was saying earlier too, like if we hire somebody to, to print, then we also try and make sure that we have that other side, the office side of that balanced. Um, so I think there's a lot of calculated risks and that it's, you know, if you really want to grow, you have to take those risks. And I, I see a lot of people who like they want to do stuff, but they're, they're scared. They're scared to maybe spend the money on a, an inkjet printer because what if it doesn't work? Well, you don't know until you buy it, you know, and some stuff you buy is a good deal and some, t- some stuff's not going to be, but you know, I think, I think at least for us, we're, we're, and even now, like it's still a series of like risks, you know, we hire new people usually when we hire people, we hire more than we could afford. And 
and we just push really hard to try and make sure we could pay them. So it's, um, you know, it's typically like there's a lot of risk reward involved. And I think on that same token too, like it's maybe something that I wish I could be better at is being able to know when someone isn't the right fit or something isn't the right fit. Right. So like it's really easy to get excited by a certain customer. Um, like one example that for us is we used to have a customer that had um, a lot of gift shops and we printed a lot of shirts that we'd send to uh, San Francisco, like to like Alcatraz. And, um, it was cool. You know, I mean that we got to do a lot of cool design work. All their orders were about a thousand pieces. So like when you'd walk around the shop and you'd see these big orders, like it looked really cool. It, It was, it was nice to have the work. But then when we started to realize, you know, the, um, sort of the the margins on that specific customer were kind of lower than some other customers. Uh, The amount of time we were spending on artwork took longer than we wanted it to. And also as a customer, um, they would basically turn down shirts that were fine, you know, like, so you have some customers who are picky and some who aren't, and it's fine to be picky. That's, that's totally reasonable, but they, they kind of, we're at a point where it was unreasonable. So it's like if we had to reprint anything with an already low margin, we realized pretty, you know, that we're losing money on the job. So it's not necessarily losing money, but, but the amount of work that went into it compared to what we really made on it, it wasn't worth it. And, um, it took a little while to figure that out. And then we went to them and basically we're like, look, like we need to charge you differently and change our processes. Otherwise we can't work with you. And, um, now we don't work with them, you know, but you know, at the same time, it's better than working for them and having it consume all of our time and then not being able to pay our bills. So I think there, I think it's real easy to fall into traps with customers to try and keep them happy or get their business. But sometimes it's really not worth it. And, And sometimes it is too. Sometimes you have a customer that, that's really, really annoying. Um, and all, maybe all of their designs are really, really intricate and whatever, but then, you know, you look at the financial part of it and, and it is worth it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, yeah well, that's, that's, I think that's definitely helpful. Um, cool. and if we have a couple guys out there, then we definitely accomplish our goal. So, uh, yeah. Justin, I really, really appreciate the time. I know you guys are super busy getting straight out, out there, yeah. but, uh, Thank you again, and, and I'm definitely going to drive out and visit sometime soon. Yeah, dude, you're from here. I know. Right? I know. I, I've been at – yeah, yeah, yeah. We're downtown. Our office is downtown. But uh, – oh, oh, in Buffalo Grove. Yeah, my yeah. family's out there. So – Yeah, uh, like that's crazy. Yeah, we'll, first, we'll 100% be stopping by, especially as we bring on new members. We always bring yeah. our team over to, to Justin's shop to, to take a look awesome. around. So, cool. Uh, so thank you yeah. again, and and uh, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. All right. Take Bye. care.